Welcome to the Denver Real Estate Download with Joey and Josh. Useful information, entertaining delivery. Hey everybody, welcome to the Denver Real Estate Download with Josh and Joey. I'm Joey Wazeski of Lux Denver. And I'm Josh Daniel with Cross Country Mortgage. And here we have Mark and Josh of Raj and Wilco, a pretty killer builder. They do some really cool shit here in Denver. Um, all new school, they're up and coming and probably in, a t- in two to three years, um, you won't be able to snatch up anything that these guys build. So they've developed in some of the coolest areas in Denver. And since uh, you guys don't get to necessarily talk to builders very often directly, we wanted to have a conversation for you on your behalf with these guys. Um, because they're killing it. So, kind of without further ado, welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for having Yeah, man, no problem. Um, so, what are some of your more exciting projects you guys got going on right now? We have a uh, 3,000 square foot historic home that we fully gutted and rebuilt uh, over in Potter Highlands. Hell yeah. We've got a new build over in Sloan's Lake uh-huh. on 29th. 20, 20th of what? Brain. Oh. Yep. A couple, just a couple blocks from uh, Sloan's Lake. Oh yeah, man. We got a four-unit townhome project over in West Colfax. Mm-hmm. That's one on Newton, right? That's one on Newton. I like that one. When's that done? It's finishing up right now, oh, so yeah, we man. should have CO here in a few weeks. Are you selling all four of those together or individually? How do you have contract them? already? Okay. Yeah. Individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And they were sick, dude. They did. It was like. I'm not gonna say it's tongue and groove, but it looked like pretty dope tongue and groove on the outside. So like the whole outside was wood, but like not like wood siding it was sided well it like looked really fucking sick so i thought it was pretty sick i was trying to sell them to people but i don't know my people sometimes you know it is what it is man can't push them too hard i I didn't think you needed to be pushed are you guys doing like any kind of like higher volume housing like condos or anything like that do you have any plans to do that in the future is that too much of a secret oh god they're naughty these guys are air force guys so they um yeah mark mark quote unquote flies planes through the air force i don't know what josh did but um I think they know some top secret shit, dude. So, I, yeah. No, anyway. we have we have one project that we're just kind of kicking off and uh, doing some due diligence on that. That's going to be nine units, and we're pretty we're pretty excited about Hell that. Hell well. yeah, man! Hell yeah! How long have you guys been building? Since two thousand eighteen. Okay. That's when Roger Wilco started. Yeah, two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Cool. For the yeah. people that are not in the know, where did? Oh, by the way, everybody in the room except me is mil- former military or current. I mean, you'll be done. Josh was in the army. Nice. Um, yeah. He, he, he fried the I learned, I learned when I was in Iraq, I joined the wrong force. When, uh, <laughs> I fucking, we went to go get mail, and there were filet mignons, lobster tail, a workout room, a pool. Like, all for the pilots. Oh, fuck. And then the Army barely gets, like, yeah. a segue. I, yeah, I looked, at, I looked at my staff sergeant and said, this is why these assholes retire from the Air Force. <laughs> like, they're not fucking sleeping in tents. Yeah. They're probably actually getting hazard pay for, like, sleeping in this AC, well-insulated airbase that we're in right now. That's funny. Yeah, I don't believe in tents. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, now at this age, I don't either. Yeah, right. Nah, dude, people aren't meant to camp, man. Um, So, all right, so, you know, you guys are building a lot of stuff. You have some multi-filmy coming up. What, you know, why did you decide to start Raj and Wilco? And where does the name come from? That's what I was getting at before. Yes, Raj and Wilco, uh, two... Aviation, like military terms, Roger, Wilco, mm-hmm. shorten the, the Roger to Raj. Um, but yeah, too, we wanted to keep part of that military vibe that we came from, right? Keep it incorporated into what we do now in, the, in real estate. It also kind of embodies or um, 
is, you know, it harkens back to the origins of the, those two terms, which is basically answered in the in the affirmative. So, okay. yes, can do type. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, we can build a nine-plex. Yes, we can build a four-plex. Correct. You guys don't call each other Raj and Wilco, do no. you? Come on, man. No. Come on, man. Most, uh... <laughs> what happens in those barracks? Dude, kind of those talk, barracks? Talking, talking to people on the phone, and, you, you know, if they haven't heard the name before, they they always go with Rogue. So it's yeah. Rogue, Rogue and Wilco, but it's yeah. like... A, you know, you don't want to do business with people like yeah. that. And yeah. when there's 20 buyers for every house, you can pick whoever the hell you want, <laughs> yeah. dude, you know? What made you guys decide to, to, like, want to get into being builders? Where'd that come from? Um, I was I was first up here to Denver. I had Mark's job previously. So Denver was my last duty station. Um, my dad is a builder, developer back in Michigan. Oh, cool. When I had left for school, I had... I didn't want nothing to do with it. Um, and then me and my wife bought a house in Old Littleton when we first moved here in like 2014. And we just got back into it. And then slowly, we, me and her remodeled and flipped a few homes. And then Mark were, came up here to replace me and we had some overlap. And then he was already doing some stuff in, in Florida. And yeah, we combined combined forces and started Roger and Wilco. Um, Oh, I just love it. I think we're both, we both don't want, we didn't want to be um, known for like the military thing, right? So I think we both have a, a lot to contribute to the society beyond yeah. that we were pilots in the Air Force. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I think both of us just love like real estate. There's just so many different things you can do and there's so many opportunities. Yeah. Um, Especially, you know, with having some sort of construction background, like that helps. And then, yeah, there's just so much for the taking. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just, man. Yeah. You just push it and work, like, things will happen. Like, yeah, shit man. happens, right? So, yeah, we get it. Um, yeah, and there's the exciting part about building is that it's such a literal and tangible output to your, to your labor. Mm-hmm. Your, there's something there when you're done in yeah. a year. Yeah. So there's something to be said for that. There's something very physical that is the the byproduct of your effort, and if you can kind of put your spin on that and and make it, um, like we try to be very design oriented, make a unique, creative, quality product. Um, we thought that that there was a uh, an opportunity for that in in a market like Denver. It's already an exciting um, market to be in, but if you can deliver a unique um, product that the market will respond to all the better. That's a really good segue. So I don't know if you were kind of like leading me into this, but what exactly do you think? So you guys, you guys build spec homes for now, right? Do you build a custom at all? No, we haven't ventured into That's a bitch I hear. But anyway, um, you guys can get into it if you want to. I just sell houses, dude. I don't know. I sell futures. Um, But so can you kind of explain what exactly a spec home is for people and why, what unique twist do you guys put on yours? Spec home speculative home right so it's when a developer investor hires a builder and designs a home builds it and then sells it uh obviously you're taking you're taking a risk there because you do you're guessing on what people want mm-hmm. um and i think that's probably the one thing that him and i have never like questioned is that um that we just know what people want yeah. like, you have so much stuff out there that's very cookie cutter it's new, right? It's new, shiny, but it just doesn't have that that wow factor at the end of it. Yeah, right? I mean, a lot. I mean, you guys know, like a lot of these new builds are built 
well, and they've built fine, but just the design's not there. Yeah. So I think what we noticed very early on was that you know we can take some of that savings from like a builder's fee and yeah. put that into like the design. Okay. So on a lot of our stuff, you'll see like wallpaper, yeah. and you'll see like different colored cabinets. You'll see just things that a lot of builders just don't do. When you say right. di different color cabinets, you mean like maybe the kitchen island is different than the main Yeah, we'll do... Bathroom upstairs is different than the basement. Yeah, we'll do like the... We'll do black cabinets. We'll do... I would say probably one of the first ones to do like black cabinets before that was different or cool. Sure. I've only um, seen one other house that did... They did black doors. All the interior doors were yeah, black yeah. and it was in the pictures. I was like, I love black, dude. Yeah. Black, white, gray, I'm all about yeah, it. Yeah, we just did that on... Dude, it looks so fucking sick. And I was just like, I walked in, I'm like, I don't know about this. And then it was amazing. Yeah, I think, you know, to Josh's point, if you, you click through Zillow or, or Redfin, a lot of the interior designs, even the exteriors, are going to start to look the same. Yeah. You're gonna, you're, at that point, your shopping is based on uh, you know, price point and, and neighborhood. But if if we can at least make you make you stop as, as you're clicking through and say that's different, it might not be for me, but that's a different, that's a cool home. and make you look a little bit closer um that's that's been our approach so far i think it's a pretty good approach man like these yeah. guys built a duplex um on 38th and osage for osage for you know lack of a better intersection because i mean it was right in the middle and they were huge black metal siding metal roof yeah. they were fucking sick and then now you look at this fourplex they're building on newton and it's completely different but it's just as rad and i think that was probably what you guys are going for right so what's part of your guys's creative process we're doing a classified career. man it's air force stuff clearly <laughs> like that, that's something that creative process is something that gets you guys excited right and uh you know being in the industry i myself when i was looking at prices in denver and the price of square footage i started looking at modulars and i'm like i can do <laughs> i can fucking do this oh god and that was a shitty it's, conversation. it's super overwhelming <laughs> When you start looking at like, I'm gonna build a house from fucking scratch. Mm -hmm. So where the fuck do you start? And like, where does, where does that inspiration come from? Uh, Cause it sounds like you're designing something different for each particular home. So how, how's that happen? I'll say it starts probably with like an image somewhere. And like it, so and Pinterest it, or like yeah, wherever builders yeah, go to look at houses or something? From social media or Pinterest something you guys find and deliver to your architect. yeah and we just yeah and we deliver it to our, our designer um, and then we just build off it right mm -hmm. so we literally we maybe we'll start with the kitchen or we'll find a bathroom that we like and then Us. it's even you know Osage looking at the duplex I forget like where it started but it maybe was just like an image of like this open concept yeah. like loft uh -huh. and like hey let's let's build this um, yeah that one was was really focused on a, a unique space that that featured a loft environment so it was very open especially it was going to be a large space but we wanted to tie the entire home together and a lot of times in in this market when you have you know uh, narrow multifamily builds yeah if the property can feel very closed off right shotgunned yeah like, especially if you're starting on one floor or going up so yeah. this one was open all the way and we wanted to expose as much as we could and play off a lot of natural light at a beautiful park across the street so we want you know the occupants to be able to look out under that, especially if they're working from home. Or, um, and so that was pretty iterative. And then we were pretty aligned on some like the 
uh, finishes and exterior materials that we find like attractive. And so we, we got to, we were able to play with those on a very large scale on that duplex as I mean, as you've seen, right? The, well, I saw it he, first, man. And then I, I didn't know, I didn't know he, I've known Mark for a few years and he's been one of my weightlifters for a long time. And I was like, we, I don't know how we got to talking, but I'm like, what are you going to do when you're done with flying? Cause when, remember when you said you're, you're going to stop flying. I was like, yeah. I wanted to be a pilot in the Marines or Navy. And I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? You're going to stop flying. Mm-hmm. He wants to buy a plane and go, and like, no one wants to ride with him cause he's fucking insane. But like, you know, um, and, and you're like, I'm going to stop flying. I'm like, well, what the hell could be better than that? And then he started telling me about how you have Raj and Wilco. And I'm like, dude, right. And then you tell me about the Osage and I went online and looked at it. I was like, what the fuck? And you know what I noticed <laughs> at, at the time I was not in real estate yet. And I was working at blue pan on 32nd and Perry and they, whoever, I don't know what the hell it is, dude, but they built a black and white metal siding, metal top right by right, right across the corner from F and G and like the outside of part of it. I think it's an office. I, part of it's a house, parts an office. I don't know. But it's on 32nd and Perry, and the outside of it was white subway tile with black grout, which I've never seen on the outside of a, of, of a house ever. It's always on the inside, you know? Um, and everybody loves that shit. So I saw that, and I was like, dude, I, I watched them build it at the time, and I'm like, that's fucking sick. And then when I passed by, I was driving down 38 to go to Ace one day, and I see these duplexes you guys were building, and I was like, the only thing I noticed which is a big deal, was like, okay, whoever built this thing, they fucking went for it yeah. because it's all dark. These other guys are like, all right, we're going to put some black in here on the exterior, but then we're going to lighten it up and contrast it monochromatically. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these assholes just said, fuck it, we're going to do it. And then when I found out you were one of the assholes, I was like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm like, dude, these guys, you guys killed it, man. So that's Thanks. when I started kind of getting stoked on Thanks. what you guys do. And then, you know, I've sold a couple workshop houses, and obviously that's probably big competition for you guys. But um, what I've noticed about workshop is, I mean, six houses on one block – they're all the same, dude. Yeah, you know? we we try to like uh, be distinctive again and deliberate in the design. And while we're very open to using different materials, we don't want to overwhelm the, For sure. the property with uh, like a plethora of those materials. So we'll try to pick a couple and focus on those. And again, that was like the idea on, on the duplex, where very stark materials, we we use them to a pretty good extent, but we you know we honed it down to just a few. And even the sure. even the four unit. Uh, that we just finished like there there won't be another product like that over in that neighborhood you know that's really cool um i mean the whole you've got a seven thousand square foot building wrapped in cedar like that no one will do that you know what I mean? so it's <laughs> no it, it, it will it no will stand out um and even on the inside we just refuse to take like those shortcuts yeah. of um you know, taking those shortcuts on the design, right? Whereas we say, okay, we need this money. This is a, um, not a, a more economical product towards the end, but let's look into other processes where we can like save money. Um, and I think that's one like key thing we'll bring, we've brought from the military, you know, as, as pilots, like it's extremely process oriented. Like everything is like checklist, 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 right? So it's, we both had that mentality of stepping into this industry that's very laden and, just, I mean, it hasn't been disrupted. The construction industry hasn't been disrupted in a long time. A long time. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think he, he was he found like, hey, there's this company that penalizes, right? We can if we do this, we can then cut three months off our our build timeline. That's three months of interest. We can take that money and put it into the like design. Um, that's the walls that come pre-built like trusses do yep. and then you just drop you guys are telling me about that you just yep. drop them in place and shoot them together simple right? homes simple. yeah simple mm-hmm. homes out of, uh, they got their shop over in Globeville have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. dude it's, you know how you build a house right you frame it up 
Okay. Yeah. Dude, listen to this shit. It's unreal. Yeah, they, they posted a great video on their social media dropping the wall panels in on, on the fourplex um, project, and it, it's really impressive because inherently they're very process-oriented. They're producing a very quality product. It saves us a ton of time. And, uh, and yeah, like Josh is saying, like we understand why the, the constraints and the thought process of other developers in how their economics work. And when they look at a piece of land, they have to max perform that land to get the most amount of money out right. of it. And that affects everything from the finishes to the overall space, the design to the fact that everything's a square, right? Um, but like Josh was saying, if we can find other areas to be efficient and kind of reap some of those uh, savings, we can throw it back into either more creative design, different materials, uh, slightly nicer finishers than you would get at that particular price point. And, and so that's, that's gonna be our d differentiator all day. So I, to reiterate, cause I kind of got lost there for a second. So are your walls, when are they prefab? Mm -hmm. Are they, you're buying prefabbed studded walls that you're coming and putting the studs up? Yeah. And the kind framing. of like a rector set, yep. putting a, that's bro. One cool. day, one day we'll have a Jamie like Joe. I call Joe Rogan out on every podcast just in case he ever like reposts. <laughs> Not gonna happen, but whatever. So, dude, if we ever have a Jamie on this thing, he would pull it up right now, and you would see the video that they're talking about. It's fucking insane because you know, like they engineer trusses and they just drop them. Yeah. The crane comes in, they put them on top, boom, 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 done. Right, put the roof on. Same fucking thing with the walls, and I'm like, what the fuck? Because uh, I've sat there, I've framed walls out with my uncle and all yeah. of his boys, and I'm like. This sucks, dude. And you're like two stories up, fucking straddling this corner, and you're like boom, 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 you know, or like screwing it in. It sucks. You you're know? getting a lot. I mean, there's a lot of benefits with yeah, not only the time savings, but uh, the quality. Uh, the quality's better. There's no waste. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so they're bringing in panels, hooking them up to the crane, drop them in, nail them off, brace them, and you're moving on. And even, you know, I'm skeptical because I'm grew up as a framer and. I love it, but man, if you're not, you know, in their shop, they're building these, they're building the walls on tables. No one's on their knees, like nailing things yeah. off. Um, well, you're also able to seal that up a whole lot fucking faster yep. than all those two by fours so standing had, out there exposed in the yep. weather for. Hundred percent. And again, here's another good example right there. You have their cost now to where it is cheaper. Right. Then hired me, even me, to go buy the materials and wow. frame it with my, you know, with a group of guys it's more cost effective to do this. And now we could, and that comes with, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like a zip system, mm -hmm. the green board that you're starting mm -hmm. to see more and more of, like that's a quality product, uh -huh. which we probably couldn't have afforded if we were just conventionally build it. Wow. So- That's your water barrier, right? Instead mm -hmm. of Tyvek? Yeah, instead of Tyvek. Um, yeah, so you can just build a quality product. Like that thing is- oh, That's really cool. Framed perfectly like plumb and level and square. Wow. So it's. I guess and, the big question is, would you use it if you were building a house for yourself? So that, I think that's where the, you know, the ceiling is right now, uh, is how do you, um, how do you build the, how do you build custom homes, right? Because custom homes, I think the most difficult thing is the roof system. You, know, you have hips and valleys and gables, and that's, it's very difficult to build in a shop because a lot of that, unless you're using like a truck, like a trust roof, uh, but if you're conventionally like Brandon with Rathers, it's tough. So, but I think they're, I mean, they're starting to break through. You know, they signed a big contract with a, uh, a spec or a, another builder for like, I wanna say a couple hundred homes or something like that. So they'll get there. And uh, yeah, I mean, if I was building my own home, yeah, I would push the envelope, right? Cause 
at new we built seven thousand square feet in a week and a half that was a viper quote from top you gun. built yeah. up there we push the envelope so that building is seven thousand square feet we built it in a week and a half what the fuck dude yeah. that's nuts how Even, long would that have normally taken you for the folks that are just right, mere mortals three four weeks jesus yeah. christ yeah. and now you're a lender what does that do for your interests you're stoked yeah. You're not paying yeah. as much. <clears throat> well, much. it's not on my side, but on their side, because they're carrying mortgage interest, they're saving able, a shitload of money. They're saving yeah. a shitload of money. Yeah. So that's where that would be or carry. As far as no, it wouldn't work because we do construction loans. We're one of the few lenders that hmm. that are still doing them. Um, but your rates fixed your draws are fixed so it's it's really not going to ha- help that much as far as rate the only thing it's going to help is get you in your house pull a lot fucking faster yeah, yeah. it's definitely and nice to on, on draw one before. draw one to put excavation foundation framing and roof yeah like in 30 days and that's right exactly. in wow and even the bank was like you know i called my roofer we had a, a, a hole in the ground i'm like hey man we'll be ready in two weeks for this dry end he shows up he's like what are you talking about? You're wasting my time. I drove all the way out here, right? I'm like, no, dude, this will be done. Ready for drying in a couple of weeks, man. Uh, so it was a, you know, it's a fun call. I mean, the bank, I think probably the first one, of the first ones to do it. And uh-huh. I mean, the bank was, the banks love it, right? Because they just get a, the buildings up. So that's yeah, hopefully. So when you know. start this pro, when you start start the process, because you guys are pretty obviously, as you explained, being pilots, very methodical, going down a checklist. Are you starting with a price per square foot in mind? Of hey, this is what this is gonna cost. This is what this is gonna cost me per square foot, and this is what my end square footage cost is going to to be. Yeah, when we so like first look at a, a property, we'll do our kind of back of the napkin uh-huh. math, see if it, we think it checks out, do you know a rough sanity check, and then, uh, and then we get more in the weeds in terms of actual bids and uh-huh. what the actual costs are gonna look like, and then from that moving forward, it's just trying to. Hold yourself to that as close as possible and continue to find efficiencies and savings where you can but um how hard is that because i you know i grew up in a family that we flipped fixed rehabbed every fucking home we lived in was it's just something that my whole family did mm. and i can remember my dad saying whatever your budget is fucking double it because that's where it's gonna go he knows yeah you know it's that's been the hardest part. So, how, how's that how's that work? <laughs> we I think every every project we get better and we can refine our system okay. a bit more and we can start to understand better where our blind spots are, where we think that there's risks, uh, and where we should kind of plan for or uh, allocate some contingency for a particular line item. I think that that system is easier to apply to new builds mm-hmm. than it is probably for some of the fix and flips where there's the opportunity for bigger surprises. Right. Because you're stumbling on something you have no fucking idea that's there versus yeah. you, you have no issues. But with, but with the new build, you can control the environment a bit more. There are still surprises along the way, mm-hmm. but for the most part, um, it can be a known quantity. So our, to tie into that as far as those, I know costs are raising right now for builders exponentially. How is that affecting your guys' business? And, and how do you see that affecting your guys' business moving forward? Because I know labor, lumber costs are through the fucking roof right now. And does that prefabricated wall, does that help you keep maintain those costs? Yeah. I, I think we're, we're attracted to companies that have diff- 
perhaps uh, more robust supplier relationships, and they can we can leverage their economies of scale to get okay. better prices. That might not always be the case, and it might not always be the case in the future. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, yeah, we 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 do the best we can. We put you know inflated. We try and put an inflated contingency line in our budgets. We usually eat it up, eat all of it up, whether it's through like design or like rising costs or labor. Um, but yeah, I think people will just start, they're going to start seeing it. You know what I mean? It's, uh, lumber just went up again. You know, that's, uh, how does the lumber cost compare to like maybe Q4 of 2020? So Q4 2020, or even a year ago. Yeah. So about a year ago, it was up like threefold. The lumber cost. It was right, right when the pandemic started, I want to say lumber was like threefold. I mean, it was, it had risen exponentially. Uh, it had came, it had, it's come back down, but it's still expensive. Any idea why it's so high? Supply. Yeah, supply. Where do we get it? Canada? Yeah, Canada, the north northwest. Um, and right, when you have shut down, we're just starting to, yeah, you have, you have those yeah. plants, manufacturers shut down. Right, yeah, right. And now we're just starting to feel it. I mean, there was a, there was a two-week period we couldn't get nails. That's the same what? issue with, yeah. yeah, dude, like, that's the same issue with gym equipment and steel. Mm-hmm. Like, Rogue had to buy two, I think, I don't quote me, Bill, Bill Henniger doesn't know me, that's the owner of Rogue, but they couldn't get, he built, he bought, like, two foundries just so they could produce kettlebells or something like that because they were, <laughs> dude, I, we put in, we, we bought, what, 45K worth of shit in 2020 gym equipment, mm-hmm. and, I mean, one of them was, like, a twelve or $15,000 order, and it took three months to get there from Rogue. And it's not Rogue's fault, it's just, yep. yeah the factory shut down in China because of the coronavirus and all that shit. And it was just like, that's where, that's where, you know, that's where steel was coming from. And I think that some of the steel suppliers at the time Rogue was using wasn't, they, they were having to give, they were selling steel to everybody that like, including the people that were buying steel off Chinese plants. So Mm. Rogue couldn't get the steel from the places they wanted to. And then, you know, now they just discovered, and anyway, I can get really into it, but this isn't a gym podcast. That's next week. But, um, yeah, man, it's like the. It's just. I mean, it makes sense the supply chain, and plus the nationwide housing crisis. I'm not going to call it a crisis yet. The 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 situation. It's not. It might be better in some places, but I mean, Denver's bad, and no one really gives a shit. I mean, they're going to sell. The suppliers are going to sell to whoever needs it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like you're just in the queue with a new order, and they're going to fulfill it when they can. First come, first serve. That's that's so. So we actually had a question about that. <clears throat> when does it become? You know, when does it become? hard enough to build that builders want to not do it anymore like in terms of costs and margins and things like that you got rising costs it's more expensive for you to procure land or scrape stuff labor goes up i mean the whole nation's in a crisis where i feel like crews are going to whatever city is more popular you know like when does it become just we're in it yeah we're in it right now you know even for us right it's we've got a couple more opportunities to go do some some new single family homes and it's it's tough because you take a risk. Like we know what the cost is. Yeah, yeah. But it's okay. If we our costs are going to go up, so we need to be able to sell this home for this amount. And sometimes, I think that's where it gets risky for a builder. Is, geez, is this is this single family home in Welshire going to go for one point eight million six months? You know, a year from now, I don't know. That's that's a that's a risk, right? Huge it's, risk, especially with changing the markets. Yeah, because. Uh, I was talking to a nationwide builder. Don't I scare anybody. I won't okay. stay on here. I'm not. <laughs> They're the number two builder in the nation. And they predict in the next 180 days that this economy and the market is going to turn. Yeah. And they're already prepping all their 
they've completely changed ex- how they were going to move forward in the next two yeah. years. And now they're retracting all that back because they're sitting on their hands because they want to see how the next yeah. 180 days plays out. I mean, that's another reason we try to build quickly as well. Yeah. To be honest, we just limit <clears throat> our exposure to the, the movements of the market because most of these deals are made on the front end when you acquire that piece of land. Because like Josh was saying, you're at best case, your costs are fixed on the build side. Worst case, they're increasing like they are now. But either way, you bought that land at a, at a exit predicted exit price point right? right and you're married to that now moving forward so time is is not your friend when when you're trying to build um that's why getting somebody under contract like pre-sale can be yeah. really attractive but some of these builders that don't do that do you, do you guys always do pre-sale are you always willing to we we, tr- we try to a lot of time it, it depends it, it just depends on the product it's yeah. it sometimes i think that's a bit easier on a multifamily than it is on some of the bigger single family homes that we're doing where that's a very personalized product with a very specific buyer well when i'm shopping clients that have let's say one million i'd say 1.3 and up um i I, they don't even want to see houses that aren't completed yeah yeah what is your guys's price point by the way she's in you all over from two Mm -hmm. down okay anywhere from two down they're gonna build me a one and a half million dollar house i don't know sorry did anytime did you tell josh that or (laughs) you guys are looking for a lot i don't know it's not that we need to i think we're you know, we love, again, we're process-oriented, right? And this, sometimes the single-family home market, when you get up there, we're just being forced into building $1.5, yeah. $2 million homes. Like, we're not, like we, we love it. Like, those are, but those are supposed to be, like, passion projects. Right. Where you're only supposed to carry one or two at a time. And then you have some townhomes that you're building, right, to diversify. But right now, the zoning, Denver zoning, is not conducive to building quote unquote affordable housing not affordable housing in the sense that the u.s kind of sees it in but like affordable housing here in denver where we would love to be able to build single family homes that are well designed for and sell them for seven we would love to that's where that is exactly the niche niche we want to be in is that possible but it's not possible here right because i was looking like I said, oh, when God, I was talk to trying to he figure six out... six agents looking for him, dude. Like, I was looking for a lot, trying to figure out costs, and I'm like, it's not fucking possible. No. Yeah. It's not fucking possible to build anywhere close to 700. No. Our, our dream project and the one that we've been kicking around for a while it are, like, uh, very simplistic, kind of Scandinavian-inspired single-family homes that would be at that price point. Um, 700. Or lower, yeah, because yeah. we think that... A, we can build like a very attractive product that people would think is very cool, but you know, for a, the younger generation, they're like their needs and their desires are changing a bit, and what I think what they're looking for in a home, mm. um, and it would be a really cool opportunity that, that I think would fit really well in, in the Denver market. But I just sold one dude like that. I don't know if you guys saw it on Instagram, but uh, sold like well, you worked the deal with me. Um, it was like one point three five in uh, Whittier. And it was uh, done by Canvas. I don't know if you guys know. They're small, mm-hmm. like real small. Um, Ultra Mod, dude. Yeah, and there the, was the Canvas series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Slate. sold 07, number yeah. 7. Yeah. Um, and Jorgen's a really cool dude. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was like, it was pretty, it was dope. There were a lot, dude, I'll be completely honest. There were a lot of features of that house that I hate. But when I saw them come together in that house, I was like, I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> I was, a, I was a big fan of that that canvas series that dude was it was cool. it was really well done and you know the adu adu is maybe a topic for another time we bring you guys on but um i think those are all but done but you know it's like 
for the buyers that want like a yard, I, I just keep telling them, I'm like, dude, these guys buy a 6,500 square foot lot if you're lucky. They build one house, they need to build 3,000 square feet, That take, and then you need a two-car garage, because if you don't, 100%. then everybody's going to call you the fuck out on it. 100%. What does that leave you for a backyard? Well, Nothing. you obviously want a smoker out there, or a grill, so there's your there's your concrete pad, and then you have a little bit of grass or mulch, but it's like you're saying, dude, everybody wants to travel, go to the mountains, everybody wants to do shit. I don't want to take care of a fucking lawn. Like our mutual yeah. friend, Chris Student, yeah. dude, he wanted workshop, he's like, no grass. And then I think I talked him into a little bit of grass for the two dogs, but he's like, I want all concrete. That's what, <laughs> you know? And that's what we've done on several projects for that reason. Yeah, man. Um, and Just sometimes we'll, we'll put some like we'll put some turf in, you know, some fake turf if you have pets. But yeah, I don't, I don't think like our peer group wants to mow the lawn on the weekend. You know, they're just not they, going to, dude. Yeah, they, they want to go to the mountains or right. do whatever. And so. Do shit. How can you when you fucking drive up to like Breckenridge on a Saturday morning at 5 a.m., you come back and it takes you three or four hours to get home? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, yesterday I was stuck on 25 going from one showing in Westminster to one in Aurora by Anschutz. I'm not kidding you. It took me two hours to get there because there was an accident on 25. And it was bumper to bumper traffic. So like, if I plan, I planned on go buy, go going to buy food last night, and I ate, uh, I had Indian food instead. Today I had post over lunch. When I had my house in Golden, I appreciated the yard, but it was the biggest pain Mm -hmm. in my ass. Exactly. Between spring cleaning, fall cleaning, fucking cutting the grass, just breaking the leaves, it was. It was a pain in the dick. It's a pain in the dick, dude. And then I moved downtown into my condo. I was just like, I didn't realize how much time I spent out to, outside yep. making sure that my house didn't look like some fucking homeless person had squatted in the house. It, it just, it it was an eye opener. <laughs> so no one, no and one I, I had a friend of mine who zero escaped her yard and used these cool mm-hmm. rocks and mm-hmm. shit. And I was like, who the fuck really wants to do that? And yeah. then I saw it finish, and I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to fucking cut the grass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think some, um, yeah, some nice rocks and some ornamental grass yeah. can be really, really cool and low maintenance. And That's what it do, um, man. It takes less water, too. A lot so. less water, you know, so yeah, people are yeah. stoked there. Yeah. I've just spent a little bit more on that mortgage. Um, so, you know, we kind of talked about, like, where, I don't know, you were talking about the big builder that you talked to, Josh, and then you guys kind of mentioned a little bit. Where do you think the market's going to go? Um and you know, for the rest of twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. I mean, I I appreciate and what, you know, what Josh said about, you know, the other big builder he knows, but I keep I personally keep looking back at like the the demand. Agreed. Simple dude, one of like it is simple like economics mm. um that we are we have a housing shortage, mm. right? across the country mm-hmm. and here locally I get like a, a micro level like Denver yeah, right. fuck, man. is the most one of the I would argue maybe Denver and Austin are probably the most popular mm-hmm. cities to live in in the United States yeah. uh, that, that are is, still approachable you know, so you hear people complaining like people that have been here for a long time but it's that's what it is you live in the most everyone wants to live here yeah. right so it's I don't know. Even back in 08, 09, like you didn't, the Denver market didn't depreciate. No, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't 47 it did. years of 6% a year average. I think that's what the math breaks down to. And I think, uh, dips. Yeah, I, I think it'll continue. So I'm, I personally am not worried. I think we need to maintain like a good diversification in what we're building. Yeah. But you know, as long as we good, we, we personally built good quality mm. stuff. Um, we're personable people can, you know, we warranty our stuff. I think we'll be fine. Progress yeah. what we build. 
Um, I think we build a unique product. So. I mean, I, I, I want you guys, I'm trying to sell your damn houses and stuff like that as fast as I can. I haven't sold a single one. I will. <laughs> if not, I'll buy one myself. But anyway, you know, it's like, dude, like I see, I, I mean, you know, what, what's kind of happened in the last three months is people have realized how competitive it is. And now they're calling us and saying, hey, we want to go after a new build because we really yeah. don't want to compete. I bought a new build. I'm not going to say who the builder was, but I'm, you know, I'm looking at places I can put wallpaper in because the shit's dope. And my whole place is gray. It's ugly i don't like it but it's gonna be a dope rental in two or three years that's my play but you know it's like dude people are buyers are now shifting to new builds and i'm like well you know it's like shea for example shea homes down um down by chatfield they're building uh, i can't remember maybe I, I can't remember what necessarily the name of the development is but you have to put 1500 bucks down refundable just to get in line to pick a lot and then you know what's going to happen. The cheaper, the cheapest lots, they all have premiums on them, five to twenty-five k. The five thousand dollar premium lots are going to go as fast as possible, you know. And then all that's going to be left for the buyers at the end of the queue is the twenty-five thousand dollar lot premium lots. Yeah. And you're like, well, they all have mountain views. What's the difference, you know? Right. And yeah. um, that kind of sucks because new builds are really competitive at this point too. Um, not necessarily in terms of price, but in terms of queue and getting in the, you know, it's, it's like being at the DMV, man. You know, yeah. but I think you're right, dude. Like I, you know, I keep it. I keep it real simple. Supply, demand, economics 101. I have an economics minor. I, 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 I love this shit. And, dude, it's just I, – I saw it happen in San Diego. I say this on every podcast. I left because I got priced out of my home. That right. will happen. It's happening right now. It will happen here, and it's only going to yeah. get worse. Yeah. Period. <clears throat> yeah. But, which is good for I – mean, it's good for you guys for sure. But at the same time, is it? Because you're procuring land for more. Right. So, that, yeah. It's, it's hard. To our, bigger risk, bigger exposure, right? Yeah. So, the – you know, it's – if you <laughs> – if you've been holding on to land for the past 10 years and you're, you're ready stoked. to build on it, that's great. But yeah, we're still in, we're also in the market of, of buying lots and land and, yeah. and that is getting more expensive as well. And more competitive too. And, yeah. It's very competitive. Are you guys kind of missing out on stuff? You know, it's okay if you don't want to talk about it, but I know we have a lot of people that listen to this who've lost multiple offers and stuff like that and being insanely aggressive. Absolutely. I mean, when you're buying land and lots, it comes down to a lot of times terms as well, okay. not just not just the right the, the dollar amount so and you guys aren't trying to buy an elizabeth no offense to people in elizabeth but like you're trying to buy Sloan's hot lake. areas yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Sloan's lake wheat ridge wheat ridge is that one that one pisses me off wheat ridge and arvada because i've been telling people to buy those two places for two years now and they were like ah wheat ridge sucks arvada sucks neither of those are true mm. but you know now people yeah. are building 1.8 million dollar houses Correct. in wheat ridge on my buddy's block yeah and he yeah. got in at 473 with marine guy really smart dude um, he got in with a VA loan a couple years ago, and I'm like, dude, he's like, what's my house worth? I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I have no idea what your house is worth, to be honest. If we put on the market for this price, I was like, don't sell it, though. Wait. But I was like, we can put it on the market for this price. You might get this price. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's all a guess at this point. Yeah, yeah even when you look at, I think what maybe what scares me, man, can Denver, can you have all, if the Denver address, can every home be over a million dollars? And this isn't... You know, this isn't like Dubuque, Iowa. Again, nothing against Dubuque, Iowa, but it's just it again. You, I go always go back to like this is one of the most popular cities in the United yeah. States. So yes, it's very uh, possible that every home in mm-hmm. with a Denver address, a single family home, is over a million dollars. I, I think know, it's going to happen. When I moved here in 2015 from Cincinnati, Ohio, property <laughs> values have fucking doubled. Oh yeah, yeah. Like from 15 to 19. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think they're only going to continue mm-hmm. to go up because there is a housing crisis here in Denver. It, this the question is, is like, where the fuck does yeah. the ceiling, where do we start hitting those ceilings? And, and 
I guess that goes to a next question. So when you guys go in and you're like, hey, we're going to sell this house for 1.3 and then it turns around and sells, what was your biggest shock? Like, did you go, hey, we're going to sell this for 1.3 and came in for like 1.6 and you're like, holy, we, we weren't expecting that. Yeah, we, we would love it if that happens and continues <laughs> to happen. I think it's interesting, though, that there is not a shortage of qualified buyers that can uh, advance the price on a property. Uh-huh. If they want a house, there's, there's buyers out there that have the means to escalate yeah. and, and to edge their way to the front of, of the line to get to get that property. So, yeah, and to Josh's point, like, you know, there's people moving here, but they're, they're qualified buyers. There's yeah. people with those resources, to make with those occupations happen. that are moving here. And, yeah. Um, and it's, it's certainly fueling them. We'll probably get three or four inquiries just through Instagram alone, mm-hmm. like a month. Like, yeah, I'm moving here from San Diego, I'm moving here from California, Chicago. Mm-hmm. What do you have? I'm sorry, nothing. You know, it's, we had just demoed, we had just demoed, this is the historic house on mm-hmm. 33rd, and we got an offer. And no like, shit. Like, huh? My friend's dad is building like a 10,000 square foot, he's CEO level like, uh-huh. guy. Um, they're, they're cool people, but he's building a 10,000 square foot house at Beaver or something massive like that. It's, it's a year from completion and he's got people who, wanna, who are knocking the door wanting to buy it. And you're just like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. But you know, so to not, I, you know, for right, I'm kind of running the risk of everybody beating my ass here, but being the only one from the West coast, dude, it's like, and a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this on this thing, but that's okay. At least all 25 people that listen, no, it's going to be more than that. But, um, dude, my cousin scraped a $700,000 shithole in a shit neighborhood in San Diego about two years ago. And my uncle who I used to build with, he built it up into God knows what. And it's dude, um, I don't think anything here is expensive yet. Which is interesting because I know, I, I think I have a crystal ball as to what's going to happen. And I wonder, since you guys are building multifamily next, I wonder if you think the same thing. I think condos are going to go off in a year. Because you won't, when I started this job, what, three and a half years ago? I was showing houses um, for 300000 in Denver that were not bad. They weren't like, holy, like not, nothing yeah. like what you guys are building. But dude, now it's like, the only thing you can touch for that price is a condo. Yeah. So I'm like, what happens to the people that aren't qualified for something like seven, eight, nine hundred thousand, you know? Um, but you know, kind of what I was trying to say is like Josh, he you know he approved me for like I don't know six or seven hundred k by myself, and I looked at that. I didn't spend that. I spent like three fifty because I want to buy multiple properties and stuff. But I looked at the mortgage payment at like my max, and I'm like, oh dude, that's what I paid in rent in San Diego. I'm chilling. You know, yeah, and it wouldn't leave me a lot of room to buy my Indian motorcycle or my, you know, snow snowmobile. We're talking about next year, buy more properties. So I made a different decision, but I could have handled it. I mean, the yeah, in the you know the rent rates, rental rates, especially downtown and even in the apartments, it's high. It's expensive, and so that it's not a a giant leap for somebody to go get that four hundred five hundred thousand dollar mortgage and and pay less in their in their on their thirty year note, right? For a a nice space. You know, I, I actually just qualified somebody today <clears throat> for a twenty five hundred dollar payment. This was like like a four hundred eighty, four hundred ninety thousand dollar loan, and that was for a house, and they were paying twenty one hundred dollars in rent mm-hmm. for a one bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I, I told him, I'm like, man, you know, four hundred dollars more. Mm-hmm. And you have a single family house versus your apartment. So if you're absolutely right, the rents are just and they're only right now they're kind of trending downward because everybody's trying to get the fuck out of Denver sure but that's gonna it's temporary yeah. as soon as this whole COVID bullshit's over everybody's gonna flock back into the city mm-hmm. and those rates will go right back up mm-hmm. yeah 
it's going to be interesting, man, to see. I think multifamilies, I mean, every major metropolitan area goes through the same thing. Like Seattle, people buy condos there. San Diego, L.A., San, well, San Francisco, you buy anything. But, you know, the like Southern California, New York, you know, you buy condos because that's all you can afford. Sure. Yeah. You know, so I think, I think I mean, is that somewhere you guys are kind of, I mean, obviously you're starting that. Is that somewhere you guys want to go in the future? Yeah. I know it's do. a bitch because you're getting into kind of commercial residential yeah, we, type we just, shit. I, I think we just don't want to get to the scale where we lose the ability to, to have like some fun and creative control over the um, projects but so you guys don't you just want to like how many houses do you build a year is that a private thing I don't know oh, I mean, we have we four have three or four going on right now we have four projects going on right what's, now what's yeah. your max that you want to do on the construction side that's yeah. where we're probably we're also learning um, you know we have a couple project managers now mm. uh, we've we have a designer um, we're learning that piece of it mm-hmm. right because you can only do something we don't want to have this massive construction company where we have 20 employees that, that defeats the purpose of where we're trying to go with like modular and panelization and processes so but we're trying to figure out like okay you know each project manager has say they're working to eight to ten hours like how do they manage their days and with with the three four projects that we have going on right now they're they're smoked they're smoked, right? There's so many details in like the expensive stuff and we, it's just so much. So we're trying to, how do we manage that? You know, how do we add more? And it's a good problem to have for us, right? We've got, we have some projects that are entitled and ready to start and we're just deciding not to start them yet. Yeah. You know, it's funny, the bank is like, hey, when you guys ready to close on this construction loan yet? I'm like, no, not yet. Like our framers aren't ready yet. You know, so when our framers are ready, we'll get to that next project. Um, so, but no, it's. Uh, I know what you guys mean though. It's like when you scale up. Honestly, dude, it kind of sucks. Like I'm really stoked at the direction that Jim is going, you know. But at the same time, it's like every 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 time it grows, I lose a little bit right. with the people that have had been with me for like four and a half year, five years at this point. It's like I try and maintain contact with them as best I can, but then they're all getting busier yeah. and getting older. And as you get older in the same career, you just get busier. It is what it is. And then in real estate, fuck, dude even like I only work with my homies basically and then anybody that refers them and usually I find that my clients and friends refer people that I'm going to get along well with so it's like I want to hang out with all these people Mm -hmm. but you're like dude when your dad like when your database gets big enough you you literally just can't hang out with all these hard to maintain right and you're like dude Mark and Josh have a life like you guys have to have a lot you know you have to have lives you know you're married you're still in the Air Force right so you you have dude you the Air Force has your life man (laughs) all kinds of shit yeah yeah yeah, it, things are busy, and and you know it. Uh, yeah, there's there's a critical point where there's diminishing returns mm-hmm. as, as you scale. Yeah, we're just going to try to you know focus on that and, and balance that. So, how many doors does that look like? Just out of curiosity, for you guys a year. I don't know what it'll plan out to be in a year per se. I don't know if we've ever. Is it like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50? We've got we have plans for some big a big apartment. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think some days we look at each other and we're like, just do the apartment and move to Hawaii. So is the 1.3 better for you guys versus the 10-unit apartment complex? You know, we've wanted, again, wanted to find that niche product. Right. It's impossible right now because we can't even find If we, we wanted to be affordable housing builders, mm-hmm. we couldn't even do it because there's not enough. What um, do you mean there's not enough? There is not enough land or uh-huh. deals to do affordable housing in Denver. So we like we could maybe find a lot to do affordable housing on, but it would last a year. Then right. you're okay, now that we gotta jump, 
to do an apartment building and we just, right now we find ourselves jumping mm-hmm. back and forth and we have which is good now um i think we both if we both prefer probably to be like single family home builders because you get the most gratification out of designing and building this beautiful single family home mm-hmm. that there's nothing like it out there um you know i think uh probably this historical one 33 probably one of our most like prized projects um and i, I think i'm almost reluctant to sell it because it's, it's so special that we will never build something like it again you wouldn't just move into it one of you guys this we've we've wanted to move into like every project we realize that that is not like a sustainable business model but you gotta sell these things but, but that, that has been like our one like our north star has been when we start a project like would we live there yep, exactly and that's it, dope we have that's to, a great we have to answer that in the yeah. affirmative otherwise we're not going to do the, the project I actually ask myself that's the a, same thing when i show houses it's a good um, check I'm like, would I would I live here given the circumstances that my clients are telling me they're in, you know? And obviously that changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, a lot do most of the time it's no, and I'm not afraid to tell them that, you yeah. know. But um, yeah, that's a that's a pretty cool benchmark to measure yourself by, man. Because DVC is the same thing. I'm like, would I would I lift at my gym? And I do, you know, I'm there four or five days a week now because I have the time to do it. And I'm like, dude, this is the best weightlifting environment I've been in in my life. And I had a pretty badass team in San Diego. With a great coach, better coach than me. Yeah, there's no, there's you no know. place, there's no place like it in Denver. It's a super no, unique environment. It Thanks, attracts man. great people. Thanks, right, man. everyone there is somebody you would hang out with. Have, literally, have I wish I yeah. could. You know, yeah. I wish I could. Yeah. It's incredible. That's literally I, what he said because I was talking about joining, and he's like, "You'll love everyone there." Yeah, yeah like you can't not get strong because you just don't want to leave. <clears throat> yeah, you know. I mean, when Mark came back from the COVID situation, he was like, "What the fuck am I so weak for?" <laughs> and now he's back beyond where he was before. Yeah. But you know, you just can't leave. And I yeah. think you know, I said earlier, like you guys are up and coming builders, and I, I feel like that's somewhat disrespectful because the reality is, I don't think you're up and coming because of a lack of talent, skill, or commitment. I think people just you know you're so new to the game at this point that like people haven't noticed you yet but dude as time goes on i mean people are gonna i walk into houses man and i'm like yo this is fucking unique like this is shit you don't see you know like i know about um what's the semi handmade like fronts for ikea backs i know about that shit it's like um I, i i know brizo versus fucking moen like or moen whatever it's called i know when there's like a quick set like luxury level of um hardware um custom fabricated metal chandel i'm a huge light fixture whore like f- oh bro i'm like pop pop an adderall and let's go to a light store i'm in, <laughs> fucking in because if there are shit light fixtures dude yeah. i'm like that's yeah. 20 bucks this house is 900k fuck you we're yeah. not buying this, yeah you know? and that's frustrating right oh when dude you walk into a house and it's at that price point and you're expecting your product and you see yeah stuff and you, yeah that which is something i notice about your houses it's like dude there's like thought put in or you know what drives me crazy the lack of bathroom on a main level townhome. Yeah. Oh, fuck, dude. It drives, like, I have to go upstairs to take a shit. Yeah, it's not always possible, man. Yeah. You know? I, like, I, like, I like that you walk into a place and think about yeah. where you're going to. You got to do what you got to do, man. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but it's yeah. like, I mean, that, that's, that shit well, drives also me crazy. For entertaining purposes. That's another sure, one, dude. Sure, yeah. You know, like, do I really want to clean four bathrooms because I have to clean my one upstairs? No. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think what you guys are doing is pretty killer, man. I think it's very unique and you're, you're doing exactly what you're, what you've set out to do. And I think it's only a matter of time before people are probably going to pay a premium because it's a Raj and Wilco house. I'm not just saying that to kiss Thanks. ass. That's not I really my way it. of doing things, man. Yeah. But I see a lot of shit out there and in the, you can, 
you know, if people want to substantiate what I'm saying, dude, go to Sloan's Lake, you know, what used to be West Colfax and look at the sea of townhomes, you know, I've sold some of them. And then in the sea of townhomes, you see this little gem, which is the one that fourplex that they built, you know, and it's like, look at the sea of duplexes that's in Berkeley Highlands, Sunnyside. And then there's that sick duplex you guys built over there. Um, dude, it's just different, you know, and people are going to be attracted to different, especially when Josh, what you were saying, that million dollar minimum comes into play, why would why would I buy a shithole for a million when I could not a shithole, but why would I buy something with gray paint all over the place when I could buy yeah. something that you guys yeah. actually put some thought and care into? Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah, we've started to get there a little bit. We have a lot of client projects that they reach out and they want. It's just uh, that's a whole different ball game. Custom, you mean? Yeah, custom and remodeling for people. It's or remodeling's a bitch too, because that's you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. It's. Uh, it's tough. I think that there's a huge discrepancy between like buyers or homeowners and like all the TV shows and then reality yeah, of how difference. expensive it is to hire a good builder um, when most of your good builders are out doing spec homes. Yeah. Right? You give me the option of spec home or custom, I'll take a spec home all day. Right. Right? Um, and honestly, dude, from the... From the, you know... Why spec versus custom, just so everybody can... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we know, but they don't know. To to be honest, you don't work for anybody. We work for ourselves. Whereas when you're a custom home builder, remodeling a a home for someone, you work for them. Right. And rightfully so. You're spending their money. Um, We are... We've done just a couple of client projects. And we, we, we make sure that can you see yourself drinking beers with this person and if they can't pass that just that sniff test then walk away i agree with that yeah, we've, we've had one nightmare um that we don't like to talk about but uh <laughs> you feel bad because you 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 know you want to enjoy the process and right. we've had some i've had some great client projects right where the people are so appreciative and those are the good those are the best ones yeah um I don't know. There's there's a big disconnect on the on the custom home client side. If there's a, it's, you know, I don't want to like beat up on homeowners and stuff like that, but it's tough. It's just it's so. I think people tough. hear custom and they really think like I told Mark when you guys are gonna build my house in a few years. I'm like I don't want my house. I want a Raj and Wilco house right. in Golden. I don't give a shit. I'm like put some black in there, some subway tile, and I'm happy and white right. fixtures, and I'm good, dude. Yeah, and uh, I mean that, that's an ideal client for as well somebody he's that tough. is a is a, is a, fan. Such a flirt, dude. he's a, a he's not the, single ladies he's not on my phone <laughs> yeah you know, a, a fan of the product a fan of the brand and, and lets us kind of execute that vision and, and we'll, yeah. we won't disappoint but uh well, dude, i got my air force trust. one fucking there gore-tex go. boots because yeah. i like nike's design yeah. i like what they're about i like phil knight's story it's like i like your story yeah but i, I you know that's the la- that's kind of the test for me with clients too if i can't drink a beer with you i don't know if i want to even deal with it and it's like Luckily, on the agent side, I don't need to do... I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to cap my business at 20 a year and then probably either bring on help or just refer to other agents and say, hey, just mm-hmm. give me a split yeah. and you guys take care of them and make sure that they're well taken care of and stuff. But, I mean, I don't want to do every fucking... Dude, that's why I'm not on the phones, man. With my mouth, I'd probably crush it on the phones, yeah. but I just don't want to do it. Right. That's why you guys aren't out there like throwing your shit out there and saying custom. But um, I think people also have a, a big disconnect, like you said, Josh, with custom home. Like, it, it's it's just not what they think it is like can't just i mean you could just submit change order after change order after change order but how long do you want this to take yeah it's exa- it's exhausting I, I mean yeah man especially i don't know if you just I, I feel bad you know because client comes to us like hey we want to remodel our kitchen we love what you do and they drooling over like one of our half baths or a bathroom and 
you know, it's like for us to get in bed and do that, be twenty thousand dollars to do your master bed, your master bed. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, I thought it was gonna cost like eight. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you know, it's it's just it's tough. And same for for kitchens, like most of the kitchens we do for us, like our cost. Right. They're thirty, forty thousand dollar kitchens for us cost. Yeah. And you know, it's uh it's tough. It's it's there's no joke, dude. They use good appliances. That's that's the other shit I notice. Yeah, and if you want you know, and uh, if you and again, if you want a good builder, yeah, that they they cost money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think get what you pay for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and I think it's you call some of our client projects that have gone off smoothly, where they've let us design and, and deliver them a great project. Um, I think the one thing they'll say is like, we just loved dealing with Josh, right, or or our designer Ashley, or something like that. Right, they just loved. They're good people. Um, that Mark guy, fuck him. Yeah, yeah fuck Mark. He's, he always busts <laughs> the bill, yeah. Uh, but no, it's... Uh, <laughs> you wish you could do more, but at some point, you know, you exhaust yourself and you want to enjoy it all, so... Yeah, I agree with that, man. Um, I think from a market perspective and, like, somebody who acts as listing and buying agent, yeah, dude, don't build custom homes because we need more. Yeah. So the faster you can pump out spec homes of quality, I yeah. mean, dude, the better because we're so fucked. If anybody doesn't have anything else to say, I think, dude, that yeah. was great. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for thanks being here, guys. Um, Josh, how can people get in touch with you if they want to take out a badass loan? Uh, you can give me a call on my cell phone, 303-929-0578, or send me an email at joshua.daniel at myccmortgage.com. Cool, and if you guys want to talk to me, I'm Joey Hoisescu with Lux Denver, a.k.a. The Property Psalm. Look me up on Instagram, the underscore property underscore psalm. Uh, if you guys want to call me, 619-806-7014. Uh, let's stay away from email for now because I hate being attached to my computer. So hopefully we talk to you guys soon. You had a good time, and you appreciated the words of a truly great builder with tons of talent. So thanks, guys, for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Cool.